When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. With Wednesday's win over Kelly Olenek and the Heat, the Boston Celtics are now a perfect 8-0 at home this year. We'll talk about that and properly rank the top five teams in the top-heavy Eastern Conference. But first, we ask you to please subscribe to this here podcast wherever it is you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's at Pod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to BetOnline.ag. And now, uh, Brian Robb, B-Robb, our resident Celtics beat writer. Well, Celtics- first off, Rich, we got to celebrate about having a full strength spot here. We're, we had the, the Celtics are still are still waiting to get the full strength, but for the first time in feels like years, we're we're all back together. It's it only feels been good. a couple weeks. It feels good though. <laughs> Michael, um, it's nice this night to have you on here again. I'm I'm. It's a privilege. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but B Rob, so Celtics start a little slow on Wednesday night. We're doing this on Thursday. Last night the Celtics beat the Heat. Celtics trailed by trailed by as many as eleven in the second quarter, but turned it on and rolled to an impressive nineteen point win. You were there at the Garden. Where the Celtics have yet to lose this year, as we said. Uh, any reactions? But what was it? What was it like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought they were gonna get blown out in the first quarter, Rich. Um, I'll be honest there. But then, as things have, you know, this is not a first quarter team. This is a, a final three quarters team, as we've seen all year, based on some of the comebacks we've seen by this team at home. But you know, it's tough to take too much uh, individually out of this game. The Heat obviously run the second half of a back to back coming off an over-key game, um, so their legs kind of gave out. But the from a Celtics perspective, the thing that stood out to me the most uh, was the performance of Jalen Brown. Season high, 31 points, 10 of 20 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. And just, you know, there's been a lot of jumps made on this team, guys, right now, but uh, looking back at the last, you know, 12 or 13 games with this team staying afloat, obviously, without Hayward in the lineup. Uh, would you guys like to guess who leads the team in points and rebounds during that stretch? <laughs> I'm going to guess that it's Grant Williams. Is it Tice? Both close. Uh, that'd be Jalen Brown on both of those. Wow. 21.1 points per game. Uh, seven, just over seven rebounds per game. Uh, all while shooting 49% from the field and 41% from three-point range. Uh, so, so just looking at that, I, I posed the question to you guys, and now he's on the season, he's up to 19.9 points per game. Again, shooting 49% from the field, um, seven rebounds a game, essentially. So while all the, the buzz, understandably, has been, you know, is this going to be the year that Tatum becomes the first-year All-Star. My question to you guys is, is Jalen Brown just as strong of a case as Tatum? As Yogi chimes in with his thoughts on the matter. But what, what do you guys <laughs> think on this? This is, I mean, these the numbers are kind of staggering here, it seems like. Is Jalen Brown an All-Star? I mean, it wouldn't be... I mean, those numbers are very impressive. And when you add in his contributions on the defensive end and uh, just the myriad ways he he's able to attack when he's aggressive and the fact that he's getting to the line more and shooting the threes is, is fantastic. And the Celtics are winning, which is very important. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, sure. He can be an all-star. I don't know how many all-stars the Celtics are going to have because Kemba's basically a lock we can assume. Right. Right. Uh, and then Hayward was probably going to be an all-star, but I think that this injury rules him out. And I guess, you know, I guess the vote voters will have to choose between Jalen and Tatum. I think that's the question here, because assuming the Celtics get two and but could they me, get three, they could. I I haven't really dug too, too intensely into the Eastern Conference, uh, you know, all-star picture at this point, but 
the East is pretty good. So I, I would assume just, uh, you know, thinking off the top of my head that this, if the Celtics get three, that would be pretty remarkable. Uh, it's not impossible, but for the sake of this argument, just looking at it as a, as a debate between Tatum and Jalen, I personally still side with Tatum. I mean, just watching last night's game and the ways Tate, I mean, Jalen was kind of the exclamation point on a lot of those possessions. Tatum had the ball in his hands throughout that, the majority of that third quarter when the game really blew open and he was facing double teams. He was making the right decisions and the right reads. He only finished with, I think, 19 points. Is that right, B-Rob? Yep. Um, But that was just because of the defensive coverages. I thought he played a really good game. He's also stepped it up defensively this season. He's... I'm a big Tatum fan, generally, and I think he's more talented in a lot of important ways individually than Jalen, but Jalen's great, and I I would probably side with Tatum as the all-star if I had to choose between them, but Jalen's statistical profile certainly certainly qualifies him as as a legitimate candidate. Yeah, no, I think I think if it's between Tatum and, and Jalen, and Tatum's going to get the, the vote. I just think if it comes down to scoring, it just comes down to just cause he had a couple b- bigger shots. He had that huge game against the Clippers, even though they ended up losing. Um, Jalen already with a with a career high three double doubles on the season, with a, only only seventeen games in for him. Uh, B Rob, you had mentioned that the, you had a, a few potential names who you think it might come down to. Because I, I really think it will come down to whether or not the Celtics get three. I think if it's two, it's going to be Tatum and Kemba. But who are some of those guys you think that, you know, when it comes down to it, that it'll be either Jalen or Player X? Yeah, so I wrote about this at Boston Sports Journal uh, this morning here just to kind of take a first look at the East All-Star picture at the, the quarter pole here. So this is what I have for locks and see if you guys agree with me here or not. Um, but... Among the guards, like Bradley Beal, Kemba, um, Jimmy Butler, I feel like Malcolm Brogdon is probably a lock at this point, just based on how well the Pacers are playing. Um, He's missed a I, lot of time, though. He has missed some time, but like, and Sabonis I, don't know, I feel like you got to. I mean, Sabonis could get that's true. Like one, maybe one spot for Brogdon or Sabonis, I'd say. Um, and then, I mean. Again, Trey Young's averaging 28 points per game, but obviously he's one of the worst defenders in the league. So I don't sure how you handle that, but I feel like, I mean, that'll be interesting to see how the coaches do handle that. But um, so I feel like those are the four or five, and then Kyrie, obviously, if he's healthy. But then if you look at the forwards and bigs, the only real locks there, if you like, are Giannis, Embiid, Siakam, and then again maybe Drummond. He's putting up some monster numbers there. I feel like. He'll finally potentially get in. So that's potentially nine slots right there. But then you look at the rest of the field and tell me that Jalen doesn't deserve it over guys like Evan Fournier or Tobias Harris or... Well, what about you didn't mention Ben Simmons? I was going to add him in this group right now. Ben Simmons' numbers are not that good this year. If you compare it to Jalen, like he's... He's pretty much dropped off in every category, and Jalen is a 19-7 and seven guy with much higher efficiency. Right. I would say, you know, I'm not... He's averaging biggest... 13... I mean, he's 13-7-8 for Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> with stellar defense. one of the He's one of the best defenders in the league right now. Um, I would say... Leading the league in steals. I would say, you know, I'm not a big Ben Simmons fan, uh, by any means, but I would be I would be very surprised if the Philadelphia 76ers only had one All Star and the Celtics had th- had three. I, I think that would that's just not going to happen. But I, I I think you know Jalen's. If you had to just you know stack them up against each other, uh, mano a mano, the ways that Ben Simmons is able to elevate his teammates as a passer, uh, the way he pushes in transition and really puts pressure on the defense in the open floor is uh, something that Jalen just doesn't really have in his bag yet. Uh, you know, he's he's made strides as a playmaker, but he's just that's just not really what they're looking for out of him on this team. I'm not sure if he could do it in a different situation or not uh, effectively, but so I, I feel like the value of those eight and a half assists or whatever it is that Simmons is averaging right now is... It's pretty important, particularly on that team. Now, he's still not shooting. 
jumpers. Uh, he's made, I think, one three. Shoot 33% from three, Mike. <laughs> Better than Marcus three. Smart. <laughs> yeah, so I... Yeah, um, that's still pretty detrimental. Uh, the free yeah, I mean, I think you're right, though, just bad. like with yeah. the the reputation of Simmons, I think it's going to help him in this spot. Like like you said, for what he has to the game from that standpoint and just having, you know, a lot of, I feel like, all-star picks are best based on not prestige, but track record. Mm-hmm. And he obviously has a better one than, than Jalen to this point. Could I also throw in another quick name in the guards category? Uh, sure. I mean, I wasn't done listing my name, so I'm sure. Oh, okay. God. No, well, I mean, no, just I... other names to consider. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, in the mix for it, I feel like you also have to look at, you know, Van Vliet. That's um, literally who I was about to say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then again, Zach Levine, empty numbers no, there. I don't think no. he's going to get a whiff of it. Absolutely and, not. And Dinwiddie has all-star numbers right now, but once Kyrie gets back, like those are going to go away, I feel like. Um, the latest on Kyrie, though, is that it might take another few weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, I mean, all-star picks kind of come in mid-late January, so I, I'd be shocked if Kyrie and Dinwiddie both end up on the team. Like, just, it's probably going to be a, either, if Kyrie's out that long, then Dinwiddie will have a shot, but vice versa. But you're right, Rich, that's, I think it's, Kyrie's not supposedly back anytime soon here. And I think a lot will come down to just how, what happens with, in the standings until then. Like if, if 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 that time rolls around, the Celtics are the number one seed in the East somehow. Like then then the, a third a third All Star is very realistic and probably deserving. Again, by that point, hopefully uh, Gordon will be back in full swing. And again, we don't know if that will make Jalen like a lesser player, but it will certainly t- take away from his numbers. You would think a little bit, which would make it more difficult. I think to maybe impress the voters. But but we will see. I mean, e- either way, I mean, he's at, at the very least, you could say that he hasn't he's an all star game in his future. <laughs> you would imagine. I mean, with this with this recently, I mean, he's just scoring in ways and doing things that we just haven't seen and didn't think that we were going to see this early, if ever, like the step back jumper. Right. Like and his passing is getting better. He's certainly not Ben Simmons, but him and Tatum, the, the, both, both their court vision has improved immensely, I think. Yeah, I mean, just, again, like you said, Rich, you're getting all-star level production here. And I think we actually, we have seen, we have seen, I mean, this is kind of what we expected. This We did see a lot of this two years ago um, during that, you know, final two months of the year. We didn't know if he could sustain it or not to this degree. But again, now that the the decks have been cleared and the ball stoppers have departed, um and and a one big play that i saw last night that i feel like is just huge for where jalen's at right now like he had 31 he had a chance to go for a career high um you know in the fourth quarter and he got the ball at the top of the key and he, he passed it off to kemba for an open three even though when a game that's already been decided so like he's still playing with a a smarter more unselfish mentality while he's putting up these bigger numbers and i mean He's kind of just, a, if you look at his he's improved in almost every statistical category across the board, which, and I would say the same for his defense right now, where he still has, you know, bad mistakes at times, but he's not getting yelled at by Marcus Smart anymore on the floor for, like, screwing up a switch for the, the in crunch time or things like that. Like, that part of his game, which I think was a big weakness early on, Mike, is, like, that mm-hmm. seems to be really coming around, too. No, that's definitely good to see. Uh, the The on off numbers with Jalen are a little suspect, but it's that I think they're pretty noisy just because of how well uh, Gordon was playing and the, in the games that Jalen missed. And so, yeah, I think I think Jalen he definitely has a case, and if he continues to play this well, and if the Celtics continue to win, um, it'll be really hard to keep him off the team. Uh, you know he's a rising star. I, I I I'm really fascinated to see what this is all going to look like when Gordon gets back, though. I think that's the big the big question. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute, Rich. Like, do you? I mean, the good news is I should do the numbers on this. Like, Jalen is averaging 18.8 points per game playing with Hayward this year. I mean, it's only been five games, um, but it seems like again that whole group we haven't seen much of it completely at full strength yet, but they were clearly running at full cylinders after opening night uh, when they were together. 
Yeah, no, and, and I think it comes down to you know what you mentioned about making that extra pass to Kemba last night. Like that's what it's going to be about. It's about be the guys like when the shots when you aren't getting as many shots as you used to when Gordon's not there, still being okay with that and still making the right the right play. Um, and it's interesting that you mentioned on off with, with Jalen Mike because I was just looking. I mean, last night, right? Talk about the smallest sample size, mm-hmm. but they were you know net minus one. Jalen was net minus one last night, whereas now Tatum is plus forty three when you take um <laughs> But yeah, that 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 that's interesting. That they they seem to be. I don't know. We're not going to get too too into it. I just I just think it's an interesting thing to watch. Um, but yeah, but I think that they're there, and I think that so when you talk about his his lapses on defense last year, and they were getting yelled at by both Marcuses, and some of the issues that he had, I think a lot of that was just in his head. You know, when you're not making the right switch, if you're not making the right decision, that's just a mental decision. And I think that a lot of that is just because of what he was going through, whether it was Kyrie or, or anything else. And now he's just his mind is just clearer this year. And I think he's he's focused on the right things. So, again, while it's very possible that his numbers go down when when, when Gordon comes back, I don't necessarily think that means that we have to see a lesser player. Um, obviously, that's the hope. And really quick. How does this play that we've seen from Jalen this season, you know, how does it change, if at all, your thoughts about the contract extension? I mean, it's already success in my eyes. Like, he yeah, was. We, I think we liked next. it when it was we, signed. Right. It made sense with the incentives when it was signed, but now it's just like this. He is going to get a max this Oh, time. he was, yeah. The right. Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks were all ready to max out Jalen Brown this summer. Believe that. And that's think- just good. That's important value that you save by, you know, it's only whatever, $6 million a year. But when the tax is going to add up quickly in the next couple of years here, um, that's those are, those are big dollars for in terms of your flexibility, Rich. So you think they'd give up John Collins this summer for Jalen? <laughs> I don't even know if you want to make that trade. I'm not trading Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen, like, for all, like, there's – Probably no other player in this team that's hurt himself in trade rumors more in the last two or three years. But, again, this is for as big of a step back or not a step back, step sideways he took last year, he is taking a full step ahead this year. And now you got locked up under market value, it looks like. And now even for this year now, guys, like, I don't, I mean, the more and more you see this team, and, again, we'll see what it looks like when Hayward comes back, but... Given the wide open nature of the East that we're going to get into in in a couple minutes here, like I don't, I see the case is stronger and stronger in my eyes to like make a, a win now move or a win in the next couple of years move, um, to you know give this team another reliable bench piece to to work with this the core four here. So you think that's that's what that reliable bench piece is what makes is is the win now. You know what I mean? Yes. I feel like a win now is something bigger. I think the, a reliable yeah. bench piece like makes you a little bit more maybe in the conversation, maybe helps you get out of the East. I don't, I don't know. It, that, that doesn't seem to be the move that's like the, all right, we're going to do this now. I don't, I don't think, even know who's out there. I mean, we'll find out who's who's out there in the next month once you know the, the standings in both conferences become more settled. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I talked to a few rich or – like in one of our last podcasts, but like I look at teams like the Spurs and you know one of the the, the Pelicans. There's there's going to be some solid players on those teams that can be had for not so much that again will give you the extra shooter or just be the the piece you don't have to rely on Carson Edwards or whoever in these games. And when your when your top four guys are playing as well as they are, when assuming Hayward comes back looking good, then like that. Uh, a really good bench piece could swing a series. Mike, what's the deal with Derek Favors right now in in New Orleans? He's kind of he's a wall or I don't, some. I mean, maybe something happened. But do you have any insight into that? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been hurt. I mean, he's been banged up for years. That's kind of his mo. I'm not exactly positive what the injury he's dealing with at the moment is. I'm it's listed as to... as personal, I believe, in the. Huh, no, I do. I actually, oh, um, his mother passed away. Oh, okay. I I do know that. Um, And so I'm sure he's taking his time away from the team. Uh, Yeah, he's only played in nine games this season, and that's obviously a really difficult thing for him to go through. So, 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I've talked about this on the pod several times. He's, uh, if uh, in terms of conceivably available big men, he's just a really good fit when healthy. Uh, but yeah, I, the trade market is really interesting, and it's the Celtics getting an impact piece. You talked about the Spurs. I, I don't know what exact piece on the Spurs would be realistic to attain given the contracts you would have to dole out uh, in a move um i guess fit wise i would be fascinated to see lamarcus aldridge on this team but i don't i I would be skeptical of the celtics brass from having any interest in that yeah i'm thinking more like second tier i'm not thinking big money guys i'm thinking guys you can get without trading any of smart hayward brown tatum purtle is that like pretty kind of yeah of? i mean yeah like someone in that mold again that's could be relatively expensive um but yeah like he only makes three million so you can obviously matching the money is very easy there um even someone like um if you're talking bigs like birch once mm-hmm. you know vucevic mm-hmm. comes back like you know give them a first round pick for him and you just have a that's first a for Kim Birch. Wow, I don't, I just so, I'm sold I a little bit on him. I, I know you've liked him for a yeah, while, Pina. I do. I, I think he's like, fine. A but... late first, like uh, give him Milwaukee's first for Birch. I would have no issue with that because you have him under control for a couple years, and yeah. I feel like that helps your defense. That answers your, you know, gives you uh, someone who can guard Embiid and other true bigs. At I kind of I, I, the more I watch Tice, if Tice stays healthy. And you have you know the other bigs kind of rotating in tandem with whatever they're in in their minutes in the rotation. I'm I don't I don't know if the big if that position is that much of a need or as as much of a weakness as we probably thought heading into the season. And Tice yeah. looks terrific. He's been real solid. So maybe it's like yeah. you get a stretch big, and maybe it's like you go get Bertans, like just so mm. you can have a guy who can play that and hit the three. Obviously, he's not going to play much d but just having i mean the fact no center no center on this roster has like hit a three yet which is crazy but that's tice, tice hasn't hit a three i mean he has but like let's say he has barely <laughs> <laughs> he's shooting 12 um, percent from three sure it also might be weird having a chem and a kemba on the team i don't know if that would be too confusing for brad Steven. <laughs> um all right guys real quick let me remind you that football and basketball seasons are in full swing in case you've you've missed it uh get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners betonline.ag sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting a college or professional ball every spread every total every winner or loser straight bet parlay or tease your way through the season they have some fun prop bets like uh who will make the college football playoffs and who will win the nfl mvp uh you can get the fastest two market odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners betonline.ag head over today on your mobile device or your desktop or your laptop to join and use and use promo code clns50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts um so should we talk about the, the, the Eastern Conference or the top of the Eastern Conference? Start uh, maybe breaking that down a little bit? Sure. I mean, this is... Do you have any more Ken Birch thoughts, anybody? No, I have more names to go through, that. but we'll, we'll save those for a December 15th podcast Beautiful. when trade season begins. All right. Yeah, so the idea was to take... I mean, it seems like there are... I mean, at least right now, there are five teams that are clearly uh, above the rest in the, in the Eastern Conference standings. Um, or maybe not. We'll see who maybe other teams Just sneak in. Just slapping Larry Legend in the face. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So let's let, let's look at the least the East and uh, rank our top five teams. Um, do we, do we, are we starting at number five? I think we always start at five. Yeah. Um, can I go? Actually, no. I don't want to go first because I'm I'm still debilitating between four <laughs> and five. You're, making, um, you're taking my move. I know. So B Rob, you go first. <laughs> I'm not ready either. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. All right. Uh, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm ready. I will say that the Miami Heat are the fifth best uh, fifth best team in the Eastern mm. Conference. Mm-hmm. Is that, I mean, was, it, was that one of the teams you guys were yeah, uh, deciding yeah, between? It was. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah. That, that, I mean, I, you know, they have, they got Jimmy, and I think Jimmy, this is the right place for Jimmy where he's the clear cut number one, he's the leader. Uh, I know there's a, there's a BAM at a bio feature coming up uh, shortly on SB Nation. 
that could shed some light must on, read on Bat- feature. What's that? A must read feature. A must read, of course, from from Mr. Michael Pina. You know, detailing his emergence as like, you know, he, he's a guy that could get some all star talk too. We didn't we didn't mention him, but uh, I you know I just I just don't think when it comes to the playoffs, they, they remind me a little bit of the Pacers team last year. Uh, you know, before Oladipo went out. Whereas, like, you know what? They're a solid regular season team. They're going to play hard every single night. Obviously, very well coached. Spolster is one of the better coaches in the league. Um, and But when it comes to the playoffs, I just don't know if they're going to... I wouldn't be shocked to see them go out in the first round. Yeah. They, the riding the hot, you know, for as great a story as, like, guys like Nunner right now, like, for him to sustain this um, is going to be tough. And so, I mean, Butler's playing great. Um, Adebayo is legit. Drogic is, you know, drinking from the fountain of youth this year, putting up some <laughs> fantastic numbers. They have seven guys averaging in double figures, um, and that doesn't even include Kelly Olenek uh, at 9.2 points per game. But, yeah, when push comes to shove, not a, a lot of true shot creators here outside of Jimmy. And as we saw last night in Boston, uh, Mike just – when things kind of go here, they foul a ton too. I think this is an issue, uh, especially when the the offense ratchets above. Yeah, they've. I don't want to say they've fallen off a cliff because they're fifteen and six, um, <laughs> and Short they cliff. just had a exact. They just had a, a really impressive overtime victory in Toronto, which is one of the hardest places to win right now in the NBA. And but it is it is a very by committee roster so when you look at jimmy who's the clear all-star and then you kind of go down the line from there everybody fits and they know what their roles are and they know how to play together already which is very impressive but they're super young so just like i think their ceiling is a lot lower than some of the other teams that we're going to talk about in a minute but i like miami a lot i i like how hard they play i like their style their approach i am in love with bam out of bio uh i is that the lead of your is that the lead that's of your, actually your feature? Every, it's every sentence actually <laughs> um for three thousand words so i three thousand <laughs> well well this is the we'll see that was the rough cut so we'll see oh, okay. how what my editor does to that one but they're also performing above their win differential um they're they've won 1.6 more games than their their point differential suggests they should so they're kind of punching above their weight a little bit uh, they should be fifth year though, and they've been re- very impressive. They're they're also a trade candidate before the deadline with, um, you know, Dragic and uh, any other expirings that they have on the roster that they're willing to move. I think Winslow could be an interesting trade ship if they want to go big game hunting. Uh, but yeah, I, I, they kind of are what they are, and uh, it's they're they're also one of just the most entertaining teams to watch in the league. I think, and if they didn't turn the ball over as much as they did, their offense would be very very impressive. Yeah, thirtieth in turnover percentage. Yeah, which uh, but that's all. Second, that's all. Bam. But yeah, but three. They have I think seven guys shooting thirty five percent or better from three which is uh yeah they have shooters they have shooters which is usually like the heat usually don't have shooters so that's nice right it is and it's funny to think now imagine if like you have this team and you're literally getting nothing from all those crappy mid-tier contracts you signed three years ago Uh, i mean kelly obviously is useful but james johnson is out of the rotation Dion waiters is getting high on planes and uh getting in trouble for it and yeah and that's like what 40 million dollars combined right there um so credit to them for kind of digging out of that but it is i mean it speaks to their their player development oh yeah just how they're able i mean look what they the the finding josh richardson and then basically flipping him out for jimmy butler that's just Mm -hmm. kind of the that that's really good team building yeah. And even Bam, and even Bam, like when when they take took took him fourteenth, a lot of people poo pooed that. You know, it was a guy who could who didn't really have the range coming into the NBA the way it is now, and they've turned him into you know fourteen and ten, averaging four assists a game as well, over a block and a steal. One of the most you know you know dynamic players in the league, certainly in the in the front court. So, uh, and it, I mean that again, Spolster is one of the best. He just is, you know. And I think off the bat, you know, when he won his championship with. Uh, 
with with that with the team he did it's very easy to say oh anyone could coach that team to to success but he's proven that you know it really had a lot to do with him no question did were they i forget did they refuse to give up richardson for butler when he was in minnesota or yes, did, yes. Okay. that's funny that how that worked out um with they're the, holding out for butler exactly <laughs> uh all right, all right. Num- let's number uh, four number four um, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Number four, um, Philadelphia. Yeah, that, that was my, that was, that was Is my, that your four? I, I, I landed on Toronto at four, but that was my biggest, my biggest, uh, debate was Toronto or Philly. And, and, and I guess with, with the way that Toronto played Philly recently, I should probably go with them. But, uh, I had, well, let's talk about Philly. I think that's that's the that's the sexier topic right now. So so give it give give us your reasoning for them at four. I mean, it's kind of what I thought the worry would be at the start of the season. It, again, a very scary team uh, defensively, top five defense, but below average team on offense. And you're looking at a team that's shooting fifth, you know, thirty five percent from three as a team. Um, Tobias Harris is at 29% from three. And again, when you're just very vulnerable from a spacing standpoint and a support standpoint with this group, um, because you don't have a true shot creator on the perimeter outside of, like, you know, Josh Richardson. I don't think Tobias Harris has, you know, he can obviously get a bucket when you need him to, but when the lights are on, like we saw in last year's postseason, he kind of disappears or become more of a a secondary piece there so i think when things get tough ben simmons obviously his jump shot is not there yet um he hasn't taken a big step forward with his offensive game period so i think the same concerns that haunted them last postseason are going to be just as prevalent there except now there's you know one less you know i think josh richardson's a downgrade from jimmy butler in those big situations I just I have the Sixers fourth as well. I just don't. Think, oh wow! Yeah, I just don't think that they're after watching them play so far this season with an incredibly easy schedule. Mm. Uh, they just aren't built right. Like they're missing key pieces. They're missing a pick and roll ball handler. You look at Al Horford when he's beside Joel Embiid, and it is offensively it is gross and you know defensively as you mentioned they're they're great and they're starting five when they're healthy has been just smothering everybody and uh with a defense that would rank first in the league by a wide mile so that's all wonderful but to win a championship which is their expectation and their goal in today's league you have to be able to score efficiently there's just it's just there's no way about it i don't care how good your defense is you're not gonna you're not going to go past four, win four playoff rounds right now in today's league, which is just still, even in the postseason, still based on pace, still based on three-point shooting and offensive dynamism. So, I mean, you look at the, their lack of a pick-and-roll ball handler, uh, and it just, you want you want to see them, you want to see Horford play how he has how he did in Boston and you want to see MB do a little bit more pick and roll a little less of the spot up threes it would be really nice if he was in shape it's pretty clear watching him play that he's picking his spots and kind of loafing through this regular season which is really disappointing and I I don't know if they're just like I, I don't know if they are able to or if they will be able to figure this out with this roster, I think they're going to have to shake it up in some form or fashion. Tobias Harris does not look like a great contract right now. That's the guy I would be looking <laughs> to move. And I feel like there's a long term, like even though these guys are under contract for a while, there should be a, a, a lot more urgency with this team than I think there is. And if they don't even get to the finals which is not even a lock, or I should say the Eastern Conference Finals, which is not even a lock based on how they've played so far this season, I, I feel like heads will roll. Well, yeah, because you talk about a shakeup, and uh, before you get to the players, I mean, I think Brett Brown might be might be the guy. I mean, for, for, from what I've heard is that, you know, 
Elton Brand is the only guy in that organization that has any sort of authority. Like he's the only guy that 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 the younger players will listen to or have or, or respect enough to listen to. Um, and that's just kind of tuning out Brett Brown. Cause you, I mean, you talk about what else you need to win a title. You have to make sacrifices, right? It's impossible to do that unless individual players are making sacrifices. And when Ben Simmons is still too proud to shoot a three pointer, you know what I mean? Like you can start there. Like you're just, you're just not going to, to reach the heights you need to. Cause I think what, and for that, they're what, 26th in the league in three point attempts per game, 28th in turnovers, just barely, barely ahead of the heat. Ben Simmons turnover rate is rancid 24 24 uh which is easily the highest on the team among like one of the worst probably for any starter in the league period not to mention according to uh, basketball references strength of schedule they, they've played the 27th uh hardest schedule yeah in, in the league so far it's not like they're it's not like they're they're losing to the titans you know they uh they're they're, they've played a very winnable schedule, and they're just not getting it done. And and I, I again, like I said, I, I think a lot of it just comes down to maturity. And and Embiid and Simmons are just not there. I mean, it's well, they're also the just le- not a basketball fit, and they never will be. And you're gonna if you want to maximize Joel Embiid, you're gonna have to move on from Ben Simmons. That's just what this is. I I, I mean, you lose someone like Redick, who's one of the best catch on the move three point shooters of all time. That was a huge loss for them. Forget about Jimmy Butler, who was their closer in the postseason, and the biggest reason that they brought the Toronto Raptors to seven, like J.J. Redick and all the things he does and how he loosens up that offense, that was so critical, and you're not going to be able to replace that with, with what you brought in. So, yeah, I think that st- just structurally there's there's serious problems here. I don't think Brand has – I think you're right, Mike. I don't think Owen Brand has the – the guts yet to make a huge deal like that like with Simmons Jalen um, Brown for Ben Simmons I say no from the Celtics pass hard pass like with that contract like I mean it's that's a contract that could it's not gonna be an albatross obviously but it's a, it could be an you can't run a pick and roll yeah like, like I don't, Jared what Jared Dudley said in the playoffs last year ultimately is true and what was what was that again that he's a half uh, he, he's a great player in transition he's average player in the half court and that is true and they took the ball out of his hands when it mattered most last year and if they take the ball out of his hands this year i don't know who they're giving it to because jimmy butler's gone al horford going for 20 and 10 except what was interesting is that pina you said that you you want to see al play like you played in boston i mean his, his numbers are better yeah, I was. I thought he was having a tough start, but I was looking at these now. He's shooting forty-eight from the field, thirty-seven from three, uh, fourteen and seven and four. Like that's, no, yeah, that's but, classic Al Horford. But the but the thing about Al Horford is, it, at the end of the day, you need him to be excellent when he's beside Joel Embiid, because if you want to win a championship, those are the guys that are going to be on the court. You would imagine in crunch time, unless you're going to bench Al Horford. But Al Horford is a five. So, you know, they stagger. Those two barely play together. Uh, they play together at the start of the game, and they play together at the start of the third quarter. And sometimes they'll close together, but when they have, it's been a disaster. So if you want to maximize, I, I just really think it's really difficult to pay someone that much money and not have them on the floor at the end of close games when there's really no other solution. It's not like they have a genius behind him, like playing Mike Scott, instead of Al Horford in crunch time, is just not going to get it done. So, And, and Tybal's a rookie. So it, like, I get that his numbers are good, but that's because when he's not on the floor with Embiid and he's at the five, which is his position, and it's still silly to me that he went there to play the four, uh, it's it's not looking good. Well, I mean, I, you understand why he did do it, but... Yeah, yeah that. no, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. It, but... And then you have, a, you know, next to them, it'd be... One thing if it's just that, but then next to them you have a guy playing the three that should be playing the four and Tobias Harris too to like just make things even more complicated from a... Who right. posts up three times a game, which it's like, how about zero times? That would be great. <laughs> is there any, just to clo- wrap up Philly, is there any coach out there that say they get rid of Brett Brown that that, that could come in? And like, I'm trying to think of some of the names that could come in and, and, and turn this thing around right away. Not, Probably not. mid-season. Right? Like, I don't think... I mean, for as partially as we're talking about them, they're still, what, 15 and 6 right now. 
Super talented. They're super talented. Like they're they're not they're making. Bu- they're not firing Brett Brown midseason. Their ceiling is probably still the highest. Sure. Is that I fair? Mean, yeah, you can. If everything goes comes together and they figure it, you know, things out, then sure they can win the finals. But I think it's just as likely that they're out in the second round uh, at this point. I don't think their ceiling is the highest. Hmm. All right, let's move on. Um, I have Toronto at three. And uh, my most impressive thing about Toronto this year, 15-5, and five, they don't have a bad loss. Their five losses, I mean, you can count maybe that Miami game at home is tough. But like, but other than that, that, that recent overtime loss to Miami, their four losses were at Boston, at Milwaukee, at the Clippers, and at the Mavericks. They're really but, good. Um, yeah, and they've done all that with Kyle Lowry being out for half the season. Um, and and Ibaka too, who's been, you know, very good. Has I can't believe do you guys guess how old Serge Ibaka is allegedly? Forty five years old. Thirty? No, thirty. That's wild. That's absolutely wild to me. I don't it feels like he's been weird. around for fifteen years. Um, um, I had I have Toronto at number two. Actually. Yeah, I have Toronto at two as well. Um, I have Celtics at three. So do you guys want to talk Celtics? Let's, let's talk Toronto. We, we are, let's talk Toronto for a second. I mean. Top 10 in offense and defense. Eighth toughest schedule so far. Uh, every the, the, the leap that Siakam and Van Vliet have made is, you know, surpasses easily what, you know, Tatum and Brown have done this year. They're the Spurs. <laughs> they, right? they really are. I mean, and they still have a lot of, I mean, I feel like they have some, a lot of trade capital still if they want. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's funny to think that like, oh, are they going to, you know, sell off parts before the year. That that was a consideration. Like, no, they're gonna they're gonna try to get back to the NBA Finals here. This is what this this team can easily be. I thought that there, they were. There, no, go ahead, Rich. I was gonna say, is there? I mean, there's the Hollis Jefferson. I know you love. But other than that, I mean, is there anyone any different member of the roster than aside from Kawhi? I mean, it's basically they're, they're basically running it back without him. Terrence right? Davis. Terrence Davis, legend. All right, <laughs> right. But yeah, you talk about continuity. You talk about when you get down to when you get to the playoffs. When you get down to those moments, and these are all guys that have been there before, together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean they're sliding someone like Chris Boucher in and not skipping a beat, and he's playing well when he's afforded minutes. Norm Powell's played really well. I mean, OG Ananobi last season was. Not good at all. Didn't really play in the playoffs because of an injury. Um, I think he had appendicitis. Yep. And he is he's, he's really good. And he, he just goes to the rim and he just shoots threes and he defends, uh, he terrorizes uh, teams on defense. And he's been great. And I, I think, you know, Fred Van Vliet, the fact that he is leading the league in minutes, he's averaging 38 a game. It's just like, it's unheard of right now, shooting 40% from deep. Uh, he's going to be an all-star candidate and picking up right where he left off. And and I, th- I think the leap that Pascal has made, like he is, he's, he's an MVP candidate. I don't think there's any argument there. And the way he impacts games on both ends, like that is the exact, like he has no real weaknesses right now in his game. Like he... He's a superb defender, uh, can guard just about anyone one through five, and he's shooting threes, like ridiculous threes in, in ways that he was not. Like he in the playoffs last year, he was standing in the corner in that Sixers series. It's a completely different player right now. So He shoots, he shoots 80% from the foul line too. Yeah, he's he's said incredible. there's no weakness. <laughs> he's, tr- he's truly incredible. He's making plays off the bounce. He's, he's doing everything. Um, so when you have a player like that who is really easy to just plug into just about any type of lineup and and he'll have success uh who can create his own shot create shots for others uh, i i think that he is the type of superstar who can take you where you want to go and there's a lot of supporting pieces around here that make sense and there are potentially trades to be made with the assets that they have to improve this team which is just it's it's mind-blowing honestly i did not expect this and you talk about uh, real quick, B. Rob. Talk about making sacrifices. Uh, six and a half points a game for Marcus All. I mean, he's playing 20, uh, 29 minutes, so it's not like he's sitting on the bench. He's playing a lot of minutes, just not ne- feeling the need to take shots. He's doing everything else. Also shooting thirty four percent. 
Right. That doesn't help. And more than half of his shots are coming from three point line. Yeah. Um, it is, it's, it's almost not too bad here because Messiah's done a great job, obviously with this, the court here, but they've pretty much swung and missed on all their cheap free agent signings too, which is. Rondé has been good. Rondé has been really good. Who's been really good? Rondé. Rondé. Yeah, I guess he, I guess he has a slow start of the game. You're right. He's, he's averaging close to 10 points per game, but obviously Stanley Johnson has given them nothing. Um, and then Macaw is still like really not doing anything for them. Um, so, but yeah, it will be fascinating to see again what kind if they just kind of keep riding this core once you know Lowry gets back healthy, or again they could definitely use one more bench piece. Um, you know, Terrence Davis has been good, but they're kind of just you know, and Hall Jefferson has been better, but there's obviously going to be plenty of upgrades to bolster the the backcourt or the wing position um in the upcoming weeks so it'll be fascinating to see if they take the bait there to kind of strengthen themselves um, am, I re- am i reading this correctly that they're shooting nearly 40 percent as a team from three-point land yeah they actually are due for a little regression there that that's not going to keep up that's um, unreal 39.393 i mean og three. og shooting 45 percent from three which is uh pretty bad and matt thomas we haven't talked about 53 percent from three he's a ridiculous shooter um yeah so some sneaky uh rookies that are heck for shooters for them with him and uh and davis but all right what's um we're moving on to the celtics celtics yeah we can do <clears throat> i guess we'll spend a minute or two on the celtics i guess <laughs> so rich uh, why do you have the celtics above the raptors yeah you know I, 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 obviously it can go either way maybe because they won that one game this season but uh i mean i that, that this that's the sort for me it's the sort of playoff series like that, that would come down to home court advantage you know i would probably take whichever, whichever team finishes higher in the standings um but i just i just think that we still haven't seen Maybe you could say the same for the Raptors. Maybe you haven't seen the best of them because Lowry's been out. But um, I just don't think that we've really seen the best of what these Celtics can, can do. And I think that's going to be a matter of getting Gordon back um, and into the flow for a considerable amount of time having that core there out there. And I don't know. I, just, I, 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 do think, I do think that Tatum is, is – I know it, always, it hasn't always shown in the stats or really in the, in, in the made shots this year. But I think come playoff time, I think he's ready to go to the next level. He is an all-star this year. Um, I, I don't know. That, 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 that's just where I am. I just think that, that this unit, well, what we've seen so far, has been certainly has, has, has uh, cleared our expectations. But I just think they have more to show. I think they're going to be better. That's I mean that, that's really I mean we can we can talk more about it and I can I can get into more no, detail. I mean, that's, but that's really it's, it, it's, it was a coin flip really between the Toronto and Boston. But it's not, almost at every position on the floor. <clears throat> like yeah, it's not outrageous. I don't I don't yeah, it's not an open and shut case that Toronto is better. But and and you make good points about the injuries that you know Raptors fans will say that Kyle Lowry's been out and that's true. Uh, I feel like. Gordon Hayward's injury is is pretty has been pretty critical and they've weathered the storm there and they've had some guys come off the bench and play well and they're they're playing a lot of rookies themselves. Uh, so yeah, I I, I think uh, I think preseason expectations also play a role here in particularly in how uh, people are viewing the Raptors and you know after they lost Kawhi Leonard how well they've played and how well Pascal Siakam has played and the leap he's made. Tatum has been really good. Uh, it's kind of weird that, like, I never expected him to make, if he does make the All-Star team, his first, I didn't expect his first All-Star appearance to be the, with this type of season. Like, it's not, you know, he's not, like, lighting the league on fire, which I kind of expected this year. Like, he's just kind of going about his business, taking it's a lot, lot of volume. shots yeah, and getting numbers. But it's not... It's not as great as I thought it would be, which is a little disappointing. But in the playoffs, his game, you know, in crunch time when defenses really lock in, he's able to get what he wants, and that's that really matters. Yeah, and he's I mean, willing to do it. It's true, and Sorry, just you know, I mean, and just going back to how close these two teams are, and like you said, the. You know, it's a toss-up at a number of positions on the floor based on the series or whatever. That's why I think trade season is going to be just so huge this year. 
um, as much as any other season because, um, especially in the East, because these teams are just so closely matched that I feel like it, you know, a seventh or an eighth man making threes or just making the right plays could easily swing these series. And so, and that's for all the teams involved, not just the Celtics. But when I look at the Celtics and the Raptors right now, it's like, who do, who do you trust more as your seventh or eighth man? Do you want to like, do you trust Grant Williams or Semi Ojale versus Serge Ibaka? Like not quite. Um, do you trust? Are you, are you like, not inspired by Shemi's recent play? I am inspired by Shemi's recent play, but I I will take Serge Ibaka's <laughs> uh, 40, 45 year old play, forty uh, five year old self over those guys at this point. And so again, just having I think the Celtics need one more player there from a, a just a veteran that can hit a three or just do something consistently above average to put them in the best situation to face off of a team like this. Also, has the Celtics won in Toronto this decade? Wasn't there one game when Marcus Smart like hit some ridiculous shot? They ended up losing that game? It's like no, a double right. overtime they did. game. They won that. That was like three or four years ago. You're right. <laughs> it could be but... like nine years ago. <laughs> I have no idea. But, yeah, I think first priority for the Celtics is not avoid the Toronto bracket uh, in the playoffs if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think. But re- real quick on, on Shemi, since he since he knocked out Kemba, he has uh, <laughs> he's he's made a three in five straight games, which he's is nice great. to see from him, and uh, positive plus minus in four of those games. Who who are the guys you trust right now, like for your Celtics off the bench in a playoff game? Obviously, it's going to depend on a matchup, but I don't. I'm trying to think of the Marcus guys. Smart. Count? I mean, Marcus Smart is one. <laughs> like, but after after your top six. Mm-hmm. Who, oh, who are we assuming Vince? Are we assuming Vincent will be back from Maine? <laughs> yeah, Vincent's back. Right. Tremont's been signed to to the contract to a contract on the roster. Uh, if, if, you, if you need spot. a if you need a three point shot, it's got to be Grant Williams. <laughs> but That's seriously, gotta, I mean, who, uh, who do you guys trust right now? Who, who's uh, the next two guys you trust right now on this team after Smart off the bench and playoff then? I mean, for me, it's like. What's great about the Celtics is their ability to stagger the like the starters, and those guys can mesh with bench units and have a lot of success. So I'm not really as worried about like to answer your question. There's pretty much nobody. Um, <laughs> How but, dare you? But <laughs> not bring up Brad Wanamaker here. No, yeah, Brad's he's cool. Um, I don't know. He's a steady hand for what they they've needed right now, and he's shooting threes fine, but. I don't know. He's just something about him is not my cup of tea. Come come the postseason. What you don't like the fifty forty ninety club? <laughs> the fifty forty ninety club is nice, uh, but uh, but yeah, I I I like how you can play lineups with you know always having two of an all star caliber player on the court if you're Brad Stevens, and in that situation you don't necessarily need to rely upon any of the other guys who are just mostly bodies filling roles and so as long as they box out and rebound and you know set screens and cut into open space and just do smart things in the system then i think the celtics will be fine yeah speaking speaking of exactly what you just said i mean enos is a guy that that i i feel okay with in the playoffs i mean i'm not i'm not you don't want to put too much on his back you're not counting on him too much but like for a guy that can come off the bench and give you some good minutes he would be great against the sixers like that's oh yeah the type of series that he can have a real impact on, but he would instigate others, the shit out of Embiid. Yeah, like, you know but, what I mean. Like against Milwaukee, he's not gonna play a minute. <laughs> yeah, like he hasn't played any crunch time yet this year. Like Brad is not, and it's understandable. Like for a lot of these matchups, like last night, it's a terrible matchup for him. Um, but like you said, Mike, I think you're right. Sixer specialist, but at the same time, like against the even the Raptors too like Gasol just anyone you have to if he has to guard a three against like an above average shooter then like forget it so and I think that I no, think that the, the time Lord and, and Carson could individually catch you know lightning in a bottle like one or two times over the course of a playoff run you know like sort of like a Nate Robinson or like big baby kind of roles 
guys that could come in and give you a little spurt that you need, but also like could be the exact opposite. And you got to be ready with a with a with a quick hook if if they need it. But I think they they have the the games and the and the and the mentalities that they could maybe do something. But that, I don't, that that's not really about about trusting them necessarily yet. <laughs> right. So I mean, I want I agree with you, Rich. Like, but I want you want to have those guys in a Nate Robinson. Like, you want them to be the eleventh or twelfth guys. You don't want them to have to potentially be the seventh or eighth guy. And yeah. so that that's why I'm gung ho on uh, upgrading that seventh or eighth guy. But like, but like, if it was Bertans, that's a guy that you that you do trust in that situation. Like, I, I just don't know about the guys that like the guys that are available, you know. And I know we we said this before. I just and 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 certain I guess sorry, what you'd have to give up for them. But I don't, you know. I mean, whatever. as a first, I guess I'm of the mind of like, you got to stop a first round pick. A late first round pick is not going to help you much next for the next couple of years. This this roster is pretty pretty stacked with young guys. So like. And I think if anything, you know, you're an MVP don't have Kevin Durant for the next few years in this conference, and the Bucks will get to them right now as they're a powerhouse regular season team, but I still think they downgraded for their talent uh, from a playoff-wise when they lost Brockton. Let's talk about and, the Bucks. Yeah, but like, because I just think you don't have that reliable third score now on that team, and you have a lot of redundancy too there, Mike, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. So the Bucks. That seems like seems like years ago that the Celtics beat the Bucks um, at home this season, and the Bucks have lost exactly one game since then. They've won thirteen straight. Uh, they got they got Middleton back. Obviously, Giannis is. <laughs> I think he's averaging that couple games like thirty points in like twenty minutes a game. Um, the, this is like I, I think the the top seed is, is certainly theirs to lose. I, I, they're they're the they're, so right now bet on, bet online that AG has the odds to win the East. The Bucks are plus one fifty, the favorites. Phillies plus three hundred. Celtics and, and Raptors are at plus eight hundred. But the uh, Bucks are pretty considerable favorites right now. Yeah, they're pretty damn good. Uh, Rich, what is Milwaukee's record? Is it eighteen and three? Nineteen and three. What is uh, three. just real quick? What is the uh, what is the Lakers' record right now? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> You know, I said I, I said I said to everyone, wait till December, then we can start talking. <laughs> they started off December by getting smoked at home by Dallas, mm-hmm. which I, I was feeling so great for about twenty four hours. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll say this: it, it just takes one. <laughs> it, it, it takes. It's going to take one injury. Oh my gosh! Okay. I mean, uh, Le- LeBron's played the. Mike, third he was most holding minutes. on to this when you were on the podcast. I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I know. He's still. I hope you listen to that. Uh, LeBron has played the third most minutes in the NBA. He's obsessed with this washed king thing, which makes me think that, like, you know, he's like he's very Trumpish in that way. Like, like what, like oh, he geez. sort of. What oh, he does, he, I think there might be a little injury that that he's that he's trying to uh, mentally get over until every, like you know <laughs> who's even saying washed king? He made that up himself. Yeah, I, I, I right now it doesn't look good. I'll say that. What what is the <laughs> it what is the Lakers good. record? Rich Levine, <laughs> I, I, and I think it's more. I'm more just disappointed in the rest of the West. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in, in, in Jokic for for being so disgustingly out of shape. I'm I'm, I'm disappointed in, in Utah and Mike Connolly for for doing what he's done. It's just it's just been very very sad. Right. I don't know. I'll get over it. Okay, so the Bucks they lead the league in point differential. Uh, in the last two weeks, they're outscoring opponents by 18.2 points per 100 possessions, which is like an unheard of number. Uh, yeah, they're really good. And what's really scary is that Giannis is much better. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the three-point shot necessarily. He's shooting 30%, but he's taking a lot more, which is interesting. And it's progression, baby steps for him. But he's still kind of just doing what he wants on both ends. And when he's off the floor, their offense is about as good as when he's on the court, which really interesting because they didn't have Chris Middleton for a while. So it's I, I don't even know what to say about them. They're just kind of steamrolling everyone. And yeah, just look at that playoff series last year, Mike. All the big runs by the Bucks happened with Giannis pretty much off the floor. Right. And so I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you you go back to the Brogdon move because all of this is moot until we get to the postseason with them. They they need to get to the finals, and Brogdon hurts, and they're going to be relying on Eric Bledsoe to play as well as he has. 
over the past few regular seasons, and that's that's a tough bet. So maybe they'll make another. You know, they made a win now move last summer, or I should say last season to get Miritich. We'll see if they make a similar a similar trade before the deadline. But just chemistry wise and how everybody kind of fits into what they're doing. They've, they've got Robin Lopez shooting threes now, and he's kind of hitting them. And I don't, I don't know. They're, they just have everything rolling. They're the best team by far, in my opinion. And at the same time, I'm not positive that they're, that they're going to get to the finals because of the way they play. I, don't, I think it's much more conducive to the regular season than the postseason. They have to yeah. make an upgrade, like, with... Especially after you got draft picks for Brogdon. Like, mm-hmm. you have to use those now. You you need to keep Giannis here. Right. And he obviously wanted to keep Brogdon here, so you have to show him that you're willing to upgrade for the, uh, again, like when you're the clear-cut favorites here in the East. And uh, that will be, if they don't, I think that will be, that will haunt them for years to come. And I think you, I mean, one thing you talk about the 13 game win streak, you know, they won a game at Indiana, which is impressive. They beat the jazz at home, which is, which is solid. Other than that, the other, other 11 games, OKC, Chicago, Chicago, Atlanta, Portland, Detroit, Atlanta, Cleveland, Charlotte, Knicks, and Pistons. So, uh, it's not really a, a murderer's row. And, uh, and the other thing with them, they're one of the worst foul shooting teams in the league, which could eventually come back and bite them. A lot of that obviously has to do with Giannis. Well, that's who just is, Giannis. Yeah. Who is, yeah, who is, who was mid seventies a few years ago? Now, now down below sixty, and you can't ima- you don't imagine that will necessarily get better when it comes to the playoffs. So, um, but yeah, generally speaking, right now it's hard to make uh, any argument against them being the best team in the East. Uh, just to note, my guy George Hill shooting fifty two percent from three. Um, just wanted to leave that. Up. And he and he's a guy who only get better in the playoffs. I feel. I like. mean, he's he's like he's playing over Bledsoe in the playoffs now. It's not even like a question in terms of like crunch time. I feel like. Um, but, He's also uh, getting eighteen million dollars this year, but still. And then, I mean, they've had guys like Devincenzo Connaughton, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Devincenzo. Devincenzo. I don't yeah. think I've heard his name pronounced before. Wow, yeah. that's brutal. Yeah. Um, but he's again. He gave them obviously nothing last year. He was hurt, but he is, you know, looks like a legit first round pick this year. And Connaughton is Connaughton, and. Even, yeah, Sterling Brown, like, they almost have too many guys here. They should almost, like, maybe consolidate a little bit um, and again to, to get a better upgrade, but we'll see if they're able to do that. Sign Lance Stevenson. <laughs> Need that ball handling. Wow. I'm, I'm on board with that. Mm-hmm. That would help the Celtics a lot. Yeah, I think the Celtics would be all on board with that as well. Um, all right, well, that's so that's our East here. Mm-hmm. I think we can put a – it's going to be fun. I think the East is better. The top half, those five teams in the East are better than the top five teams in the West, collectively. Um, which is why, which is what I was not counting on. No, you know, I didn't know that the West would be such a disgrace this year. After the Clippers and the Lakers, there's a lot of question marks out there. Uh, I still think the West is better, but really, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, well, again, it's early, but I think the East, uh, the the tide is shifting a little bit in the East. Uh, the West teams will not be able to complain anymore about the the balance of power um, in the coming years. But we'll put a bow on it there. Uh, what do we have? Oh, not- Gordon, hey, Gordon Hayward's coming back next week. We'll we've got to talk about that. Yeah, and a nice a nice test for the Celtics on Friday against the Nuggets. A little awesome. little revenge revenge game. I think the Nuggets are going to be on the second of a back to back. I believe again. They right? are playing the Knicks tonight, and I will be at that game. Awesome, and then be rebel. So they have a night off, and then they'll be playing the Celtics <laughs> on Friday. Basically, um, but we, we get, can you measure uh, Jokic's body fat? Is there anybody <laughs> can, like just 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 like pinch a bit of his of his? I his don't side? think I'm going to do that. No, no, that's that's not. You need to pay me more. Hey, I, I I'm interested to see what he looks what he looks like in February or March because yeah, maybe he's trying to play himself on the shape, but it is it is tough to watch him right now. It was tough to watch him that that. I've watched him you know, a, a handful of those games this year. He's just, it, I mean, he, he always kind of looks like he's not trying. You know, in the past, it, it obviously had better results, but it is tough watching him against Anthony Davis the other night. Not that anyone's looking that great against uh, Mr. Davis this year. Maybe a maybe playoff team there, but we'll keep an eye on it. Um, <laughs> the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 
All right, we'll be back uh, for Mike's body fat report on Jokic. And uh, uh, actually, bef- close out on this. What, what game does Hayward come back for? How? I think he's coming back next week, reading with the tea leaves. Next week? All right, let me, I'm just going to look at the uh, the schedule here real quick and see what would be the – oh, Thursday against the against Philly. Or or no at or, so Wednesday is at Indiana, yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Does he home return? Does he return to the? But he's not playing it back to back. I feel like you got to play one or the other of those games. So maybe the Philly game's it. Although it's one of those things where it's where it's your hand. Like maybe you know maybe the the left hand, right? Maybe back to back isn't as big of a problem. I got to imagine why, his why legs are in shape. Have like seven days off. What's the deal with that? Don't don't complain about that. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, very weird. Like all star oh. break in the middle of the December. Yeah, Christmas shopping. That's other, bizarre. Other tours. It's it's great. I think he's coming. To, I, th- uh, I think he's coming back for that game, first game in Dallas. That's my prediction. So you're you're okay. So that's that's that'd be an on schedule prediction. Yeah. Um, I I'm with Rich. I think he's back for Philly or Indy. One of those two. Um, that's a that's a tough three games. At Indy, home for Philly, then at Dallas. Yeah. Well, they'll have plenty of time to get ready for Dallas. Um. But, well, again, we'll be back for that uh, next week. See, monitor Hayward's situation and see how the C's come out of this a pretty tough stretch of December test here.